When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, this is your host, Erin, and I'm very excited today to bring you this very special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, you will hear interviews from four fantastic people who are involved in the wonderful film, Who Are You People? Who Are You People tells the story of 16-year-old Alex, who, after finding a note about her biological father that her mother had always kept secret from her, runs away from home, seeking him out, and to, and ends up learning the dark secret of her roots. It's a really fantastic film about, I think, forgiveness and what can we forgive and what should we forgive, um, redemption, finding your place in the world when you feel like you ha- don't fit in. And I think this film will also uh, bring about a lot of very interesting conversations So I really, really highly recommend it. It is available this Friday, the 24th. So seek that one out, especially if you like films that are character-driven and tell really important human stories. Um, But for these interviews, I sat down with the writer and director, Ben Epstein, to talk about his process, how he, why he decided to make this film, We dive into a few other themes that the film is exploring. And it's just, I just really, really loved talking to Ben. I think it's a really good conversation. And then I also sat down with the star, Emma Horvath, who plays Alex in the film, and spoke to her a little bit about her role and um, that question of forgiveness and redemption and what the character Alex is looking for. And then I also sat down with the incredible Devin Sawa, who plays um, Carl, who is the father that Alex runs away from home to go find. And he is really, really fantastic in this film. And so we talked a lot about his character, Carl, and um, some things, some interesting things surrounding that character as well. And then lastly, you will hear an interview with Peter Peros, who plays Reggie in the film, who is the sheriff in the film, who does have a past with Carl. And we discussed that a lot. Um, And I really, really enjoyed talking with all four of these amazing artists. So first up will be Ben, followed by Emma, then Devin, and lastly, Peter. So I really hope you enjoy these interviews as much as I enjoyed recording them. Thank you. I really did love this movie. I think it's, 
I think it's something that will really inspire a lot of conversations. And so I'm really, really excited to be able to talk to you about this, um, especially since you wrote it and directed it. So I Yes, conversations are definitely what I wanted this to be. I, I wanted films that didn't give easy answers to complex questions. Uh, but I wanted to know first then, um, because the script came first, what inspired you to write this story? Well, I think I remember being like 17 and realizing that my parents were people and that they weren't these omniscient beings who had all the answers and and sort of lived to facilitate my life. They were complex people with their own stuff. And and I think that 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 always lodged in my mind as something that was in a, a kind of universal truth. So when the, I stumbled into the idea for this story, that feeling was still present in me, even though I was much older and this has nothing to do with my own biography and this is nothing like my own family or nothing like my own upbringing. But I, I thought the kernel of that felt true. And so I think that's where the story started coming from. And I liked that uh, for Alex, the character played by Emma Horvath, there's this feeling of self, she's trying to discover herself while she's trying to discover these external questions. So there's both internal and external questions happening at the same time for her. And that also felt like a heightened version of something universal and true. So I, I think that's where the genesis came from, that, that feeling, and then wondering, what if there was more? What if there was more behind that feeling of trying to understand uh, your origins? Yeah, and that and that realizing that your parents are real people and human beings. That yeah. that right there too, because that is a a big thing when you do realize that that they aren't just parents; they had a life before you too. I think that's the other thing, realizing that. And and for Alex, especially when she discovers that letter from Carl, it's I think that is probably like one of the big moments where she's like, wait my my mom wasn't always this like very seemingly stuffy person who you know she was mm-hmm. like maybe she was more of an artist maybe she was more into this and so realizing that and then do you think there was a part of Alex that when she read that letter that felt like maybe she had missed out on a different mom yeah i think she felt like she had missed out on a different life and a different situation i love that question uh because i think when she saw it there was this sort of like other version of her mom. Like she, you know, Emma does this little reaction when she looks at the picture of Judith on stage, she kind of smiles as though, Oh, is that the person that would have gotten me that I would have felt seen by and connected to. And that Carl represents this other path and this idealized version of what a life could have been because, you know, she says to her friend, you know, maybe she wasn't always so her. So I think uh, regarding her mother. So I think that Alex seeing that letter is kind of a, maybe it's not too late to find what this other journey, this other self could have been, this other family, this other, you know, existence could have been. So yes, I think that that is at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, she's on a journey to find her, you know, real father, find out if he is her real father, but also mm-hmm. I think, you know, a journey to like you were kind of alluding to there, I think too, is a journey to find out who her mother is because she feels so disconnected because there's so many times where the twins, her twin sisters, seem to be given uh, more leeway and more of a priority than she is. And so do you think that she was also trying to discover her mother as well? And I think on a deeper level, she was. I think that when it comes back to 
I think it might take a moment because I think she's pretty pissed at her mother when it starts, pissed for lying to her, pissed for shipping her off, pissed for like never really connecting with her and always sort of, you know, liking the twins who are easier to love who don't, who for whatever reason. And Alex is like, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm, there's something wrong with me and I'm just kind of unlovable. But I think um, for, uh, I think when she starts seeing her mother through Carl's eyes, she starts to reconsider her. She starts to, you know, he, she sees a picture of, of Judith that Carl drew and says, that's, you know, I could, you know, uh, and he says, you know, your mom, your mom discovered me. And she's like, my mom. And that's when she wants to reach out and kind of try to connect with her family again, uh, or, or, you know, her, her Portland family, because to her, I, I think if Carl, who she's starting to really like saw something in her mom, then maybe there's something that she can find there too. I mean, she calls her mom, you know, there's a, there's a moment where Carl and her are painting and he talks about how his dad was a, you know, she talks about how her mom's a jerk and doesn't really take her seriously. And he says, well, he's better, better than some. And that he's, of course, alluding to his own father who we've met and who's not a very nice person. And that's when she calls her mother to say, like, hey, were you in a rock band? Because she wants she does want to connect with her mother the whole time. But I think she wouldn't necessarily admit to that right away because yeah. she's kind of, you know, trying to discover herself as well on a, on a deeper level that she doesn't always want to acknowledge. Yeah. And she also, I mean, she's also got that teenager thing in there too, where, mm-hmm. you know, as a teenager, you can be a lot more stubborn with that kind of stuff yeah, too, or wanting true. to, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a friend, I have friends who are, who have like daughters who are in their, you know, about eight or nine and they, they watched the movie and they said, this is terrifying us for what's going to be happening in seven years. <laughs> I said, good luck. <laughs> I <don't know>. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Right. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to know with the casting of this, because the cast is incredible and the performances are just amazing. I mean, Emma Horvath, first off, I mean, oh my gosh, just how how did that come about? And then she yeah, sure made me look good, huh? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't take credit for Emma ever. For, I mean, I, in the sense that like some actors, you know, you get them there and then you you only need one and it's great. And Emma, I don't think we have an unusable take of Emma in all the dailies. She's just an incredible performer. She's gifted on a level that I rarely seen. And what happened was she just can't, you know, she'd already booked Lord of the Rings. So we knew she was going to become a much more visible actress in the world. But, you know, she, I hadn't, I wasn't familiar with her work when, when, when I saw the tape come in. And the first reading she gave was interesting because it was a little bit more disaffected and a little bit more weird. And I thought, well, that's not quite the performance, but that is like, but the, the amount of raw talent is clearly evident. And then my wife said, who's also a television um, person, this this girl is incredible and you must cast her. And then I said, okay, I'll give her some notes. And we gave her, uh, you know, I, I met with her on Zoom and she's lovely. And I gave her some notes about like how to try it. And she said, okay, okay. And then I got another tape in and then it was like within four seconds, I was like, oh, there's the character. That's She just, you know, it was such an effortless adjustment that she made that she locked into the character in the second audition and then it never, never let up. And that's just who we see on the movie. And it's amazing. So, uh, and she really has to carry this movie because she's in almost every scene. So, yeah. and it's a lot to ask for a young actress to carry a movie like that. But I think Emma really, really shines. She's, she's just terrific. Yeah, she's, I was blown away by her performance. She's, she's so, so good. I mean, everybody is good in the movie. They're all great in the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's just spectacular because I really wasn't familiar with her uh, before yeah. watching it too. So yeah, she was, she was amazing. 
And I'm wondering, you know, there is, I won't give away what the little twist is and what you sure. learn the truth about Carl, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if you were ever worried about um, how that would be perceived or received by people, because you've grown to really like Carl as a viewer, as you're watching this. And then that little twist. Yeah. Happens. And then you learn who Carl, what Carl has done. Yes. Uh, I'm, I think it's, I'm both like always worried and not worried at all. If that makes sense, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, of course I am, because I think it's, I think people, you know, test audiences have been, there's a very visceral response because Carl doesn't fit the mold of what you consider a bad person to be. You, you like him. He, he, and I think that, that Devin Sawa gives an incredibly brave performance. And I say brave because yeah. he takes a character who in most movies would be, irredeemable and makes him very, you know, you find nobility in the crevices of who he is, but doesn't change what he's done. And I think that that is a very human thing. So that the movie is, is very intentionally designed to go from Alex's perspective where you, you encounter this guy and he's not so nice when he meets her. I mean, he's brusque and he's standoffish and he's, you, I, I feel like their connection had to be earned. And I think both of those performers are so good that they, again, made me look very good and uh, earn that, that, that camaraderie before it all comes crashing down. And so, yes, I, I was nervous about it because I think it's a very sensitive and real issue, but I also think it's something that um, is more widespread than people talk about. And a lot of people who, who do bad things look more like Carl than look like monsters. And I think mm-hmm. that that is unfortunately the statistics of the world in a way that that you know isn't often talked about and isn't necessarily you know it's hard to to um point to like numbers because most things don't ever you know i don't want to get into too many spoilers here but i think the point is just that it's it's less rare than one might think and i think that the character of carl is a complicated one and and our feelings towards him are complicated and i don't think that the movie leads you with a clear answer on how to feel about him. I think that's something that people have to take away for themselves, but it's, it's very much not a morality story because I don't think that the movie, certainly I don't, and I don't think the movie does, or even the characters really debate the, the, you know, the nature of what Carl has done. They don't, it's more about how do you feel, how, how do you reconcile the bad things a person has done with the love you innately feel for them? And I think that's a more complicated and loaded question. That's what I think the movie is more interested in exploring. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, and I was, I uh, spoke with Devin earlier this week, and I did mention that with having Carl be that character that you do like and that you grow to like as the movie goes on and you're rooting for is so much more realistic, like you said, than somebody just automatically with like a neon sign yeah, saying I've done exactly. something really horrible uh, yeah. because in real life it's like this it's like this people yeah it's messy yeah mm-hmm. and and I think that Devin uh again I I I was blown away by his courage in every every scene that he shot because he never overplayed it and he never and he was so um we had a really great dialogue and Devin is a very methodical actor who said at the start of this Hey, I really want to get inside this guy's skin. I want to know everything. And he uh, and we went through every scene he was in on a Zoom call before shooting, and kind of because uh, I was already in uh, on set or prepping, and um, kind of walked through the intention of every scene. And he he kind of he came prepared on day one, and and he's just terrific. Because for sure, of course, we shot the movie totally out of order. So yeah. you know, 
he was always able to channel into exactly where Carl was in any given scene. It's really great to watch. Yeah, he's really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, very good performance. And um, I'm wondering, you know, with talking about that with redeeming and forgiveness, I think there's such a theme of forgiveness running through this and not just forgiving other people, but forgiving yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Carl, I think at the beginning, even though he is sober now, he's living with his sister, he is going to church, all of this stuff um, on the surface appears like he might be fixing his life. But I thought that really his true path to his own forgiveness of for himself or trying to forgive what he did um, didn't really seem to begin until Alex came around. Do you think that's the case as well? Well, again, I love movies with uh, debates, but yes, I agree. <laughs> that would be my take. I think that he says at the end, you know, it's the hardest part is knowing uh, when he says, you know, you, you're, you know, you're damned. Um, and he said, it was that way until you showed up. And he says that either to mean literally when she shows up at the at the sort of um, trailer park, or he means it when she showed up in his life. But I think that Alex not completely rejecting Carl is his license to say, maybe I'm not irredeemable. And I don't know if they're ever going to have another conversation after the the movie's over. I don't know. I mean, I truly, I, I, I kind of made it a point to say like, this is where I leave them because I know everything up until that point. And then I, you know, hope that, uh, that they, you know, the hope with any film is that they live in the imagination of the viewers. So I don't, I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know what will happen between the two of them. I don't know if I, if he, she could ever get there with him, but I also think that they're probably both better off having met each other than they were before. Yeah, I think, you know, he's allowing, you know, and, I, and I'm not even sure that he deserves to that. I, I don't I don't really have a moral feeling about I don't feel like letting comfortable letting Carl off the hook. But I also don't necessarily think it's my place to, to damn anyone to, you know, you know, that's not really the filmmaker's job. It's more to present the, the story and, and, and hope it lives in the imagination of, of people like you who watched it. So. Yeah. And it can make it more real for the viewer, I think, too, when you're not giving the viewer easy answers. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, too often, I think sometimes films like to or television, anything likes to almost dumb things down and mm -hmm. doesn't realize that, you know, the viewer is intelligent enough to mm -hmm. have their own feelings on it, own thoughts on it. And yeah, so so I appreciated that, too. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I I like movies that live with questions rather than give answers. I mean, certain movies you want answers from. But I think that a movie like this was very deliberately constructed to not be that kind of thing. Because it's about the ambiguities of growing up, and it's about trying to figure out your place in the world. And the truth is, there aren't always easy answers, mm -hmm. especially to these very nuanced, delicate, fraught questions. And, and I think uh, that was what I was going for. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And then I wanted to know, because once you're directing and you've kind of, you've already written uh, the script and of course, as a director, you're going to have more options to, you know, treat mm -hmm. your script uh, the way that you would really want it to be treated. Sure. What's the difference there? Do you set aside the script in a different way or how do you approach the directing side? Oh, well, I could talk about this forever because uh, <laughs> I love questions like this. Um, but um, the answer is once this movie is happening, it becomes its own beast. I think a, the kiss of death for any director directing their own work is to try to protect the script. 
I think the thing you have to do is protect the movie. So that means a location might be different. Once we got there, you know, um, for instance, uh, uh, Bo, um, Carl's father, was originally in a small house. When we got there, we were like, oh, we're never going to find a house that is exactly what this should be. But we can make this trailer park work. So now it's a trailer park. And that's the kind of happy accident that, and I think it works better. It's more distinct. It's more interesting visually. That's the kind of happy accident that happens during the prep of it. But um, another example is, um, this is a much more small scale thing. I had written the script so that uh, Judith is unpacking all of her uh, clothes when she's having that that argument with her husband at the uh, motel. And Alyssa Milano, who's also terrific in this movie and, and such a great person to work with and so smart. I was giving her the blocking and she said, why am I unpacking? We're leaving at 7 a.m. the next day. And I said, oh, and the answer was, <laughs> you're unpacking because I wrote it that way in the script a while back and I don't remember why. And I said, okay, so um, maybe you shouldn't be unpacking. What do you think she should be doing? She's like, I think I should be fidgeting. And I was like, great. And then that's what she's doing. And and there's, you know, if I had been like, well, it says it in the script that you're unpacking, I think the scene would have been worse. So I think on the one hand, I come in super prepared. I mean, I storyboarded the whole thing, but I also have to be prepared to throw it out on the day because something else better might present itself. But as long as I know what the intention of a given scene or a given moment is, I feel like that's going to be okay. So the benefit of having written the, the script was knowing what the intention was more so than the than the specifics of how any one line is said or how any one shot is is composed. Because if it's getting the intention, then that's the most important thing, and I think that's what audiences will feel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready to throw it out if it needs to, uh, if it doesn't if it doesn't serve the movie. But you know, I have to have a good reason to throw it out. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And yeah, I think the trailer park uh, for Carl's dad works so much better and especially for like the scenes when you know when you first see Carl's dad and with the fire pit too and all and how that becomes significant with the artwork mm -hmm. later and everything so yeah so I think finding that also made those scenes a lot more significant thank you thank you uh that actor Duffy Epstein no relation by the way is uh was a local actor that we found through um one of the associate producers Adriana Bear in the uh in Portland, and he's just terrific. And he's so funny because he said, uh, "You know, I'm 150 pounds soaking wet. Do you really think that I'm going to be a physical match for Devin Sawa?" And I said, <laughs> "Well, no, but I think that you have a commanding presence, and and that that will keep him in line. And then I think it totally works in the movie. No one's ever been like, "Why is this shrimp talking back to Carl?" Because he's so uh, he's so good. His the force of personality is so good from Duffy. Yeah, and I think also in that scene though too, I think you know, Carl already has this trauma from growing up with his dad. So even if he is like, you know, a lot bigger and more physically intimidating, he still is going to be, I think, intimidated by his dad if he already grew grew up with that sort of. The the direction I gave De um, Devin in that scene, I said like, when you, when, as soon as you pull up to that house, you're seven years old. And he was like, okay. And then he, because I think that that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, when it's the legacy of somebody, you see them as, you don't always see them as you are, you see them as you were. So, especially mm -hmm. someone he hasn't seen in a long time and has, and has very deliberately avoided seeing for that specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's definitely the way it came across was this little hurt child who's coming back to the place of the first yeah. instances of pain in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I always love to ask uh, people, I always ask this, 
What did you learn about yourself as an artist and then as a person, as much as you're willing to share through making this? Oh, wow. I've never thought about it, but I love it. And I'm trying to think about it and give you, what did I learn about myself as an artist? I have trouble thinking of myself as an artist, to be honest. I think of myself as like a, I guess, somebody who who works with people to tell stories. I never know if I, I you know, sometimes I, I, and I watched the movie Tar the other day and I was like, wow, Todd Field is an artist. Uh, but sometimes I have trouble. That might be my own um, insecurities bubbling up or just trouble with the word artist. But I think that as an artist, I learned that it's really about the intention more than it is about the specifics. I think that there's a time when I would have been more rigid in thinking, you know, it kind of goes back to that earlier question you had. There's a time where I probably would have been more rigid about what needed to be rather than sort of open to the moment of what was happening. And I think that preparation is so good because it makes me feel secure. But I think that sometimes the preparation is knowing is just about knowing what the movie is on a larger, deeper visionary level rather than on a on a you know, very finicky. Well, the script says this kind of level. And I think that, that I kind of knew that going in, but by the time it was done, there were whole scenes that we just did in a different way than I had blocked because timing or practicalities or can you move the camera or this, this move, you know, this, this, uh, this move isn't working. Uh, I think I learned to go in the moment and learn about what was really important. Here's an example. Maybe this is a, a, a silly one, but I really wanted Carl to have an old vintage truck that that was in the color scheme of of the clothes he's wearing. And we found one and it was from like 1975. And I was like, is this going to run? And the people were like, yeah, yeah, it's totally going to run. And I was like, are you sure it's going to run? Because we need it to run. And they're like, it's definitely going to run. And then we bring it and there's one shot of it in the movie and it, it, uh, or one day, one take rather. And then it completely died after the first take. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, that's not good because we need him to have a truck. And then the one of the producers, Jordan Foley, said, look, uh, we have a truck. We use it for the crew. It's a black Toyota truck. It's from 2018. It will not die. Maybe that's Carl's truck. And I was like, sure it is. And then that's in the movie. And then you can see the vintage truck in the back of the junkyard, like as a sort of featured <laughs> prop. And mm-hmm. I think that like, I might've gotten hung up on that in the past, but I think what I learned was the intention is Carl drives a truck all these other things would have been really nice. I do care about all those details too. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to make them you, like the, getting the movie made is getting better than getting the movie made perfect. Getting the movie made for real is getting better than every detail being perfect in your head and not existing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what I learned. It's better to have something exist than to not exist. That's wonderful. Cause that also can translate to everything in, in your life. Yeah. 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 Yes. The perfectionism too. the yes. struggle with that too. So I understand. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, if, cause also we had a, you know, I don't think it's a, a, a spoiler to say we had limited resources to make the film financially. I, I, I hope that they don't show up in the movie. I hope the movie feels like it, it is what it wants to be. But uh, yes, sometimes um, there's a scene where Carl and Alex drive the car and she doesn't know how to drive that well, but we couldn't really pull it off because we didn't have the time and the money. I was like, what if it's cut? And then it was gone. <laughs> and it's okay. The movie's okay without it. Yeah, no, it's, and it doesn't show like, you know, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, this was definitely made with no money because it's, yeah. it, it's also a character study, I think. Yeah. And, and I appreciate those stories more than any other stories, honestly. Me too. So yeah. So, you know, so you don't need to necessarily have like a huge budget for it. If you've got the actors in the story and you definitely do, 
So, so thank you so much, Ben. I'm so glad I got to speak to you about this movie. Oh, me too. Thank you. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It really, I re- really enjoyed talking about this with you. Thank you so much. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hi, Emma. Hi. It's nice to meet you. My name is Erin, and I'm very honored to be interviewing you about this movie. Your performance is fantastic. So just really just applause for you because really amazing performance. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, So I just wanted to know the big theme I think in this movie is not only finding family, but also finding a sense of forgiveness and redemption, um, especially when it comes to the Carl character. But I also think uh, in your relationship with your mom as well, uh, do you, did you find that, that she's searching for not only forgiveness, but some kind of connection to her mom that she doesn't seem to know? Absolutely. I think um, Ben wrote a very kind of foot forward character that is so, you can just feel the desperate need for connection. And she goes looking for it in some places where she shouldn't go looking for it. But um, yeah, it was... As someone who who tends to be a bit more reserved, that was kind of um, a treat to have permission to to, to just you know <laughs> just unabashedly go looking for connection like she does. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of fearless in that way. I mean, to go and go find Carl when she has no idea who this person is, and yeah. just venture out on her own. There, there is some fearlessness to there. Yeah, yeah, to that for sure. And then do you think it was also about trying to find, because I mean, of course, the title is Who Are You People, but trying to find a place where Alex feels like she belongs because I think she feels like such an outcast. And so trying to find that with Carl, do you think that's what she was also searching for there? A hundred percent. Yeah, the the movie for me is is a big question about identity. Um, I've definitely wrestled with that my whole life I think a lot of people do in one way or another yeah my I'm 
my parents are immigrants. I was born in the U.S., but my parents are immigrants. So my home life was always a little different, you know, from, from a lot of my peers. And, and that has always been kind of a constant question. And I, I grew up not really knowing my extended family. Um, we would go visit every once in a while, but I had no real intimate connections with them. And certainly as I'm getting older, you know, that question keeps coming up, but you know, how, how much is necessary to know about what came before and how much is not, what is hopeful, what is not. Um, yeah. Those, those questions were really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the, the other big thing here is of course, you know, the whole time Alex is writing this journal about things about me that suck. So while I think on the outside, Alex is trying to present like I'm not not better than everybody else, but I'm more evolved than everybody else. (laughs) Then there's also if that makes sense. And I don't mean that like an ego thing, but more like I'm more in tune with the artistic side and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so do you think that list, that horrible list of things about me that suck? Do you think that comes from um, this place of deep insecurity that might be because of how she feels so ostracized from her family. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's been proven in psychology and in many in many cases. You know that. Uh, yes, I've seen. I I've spoken about it in other interviews. There, there's someone in my life who who is adopted and and didn't know for a long time that they were, and I was very close to this person and. Um, I, I sort of watched, I, I've watched for years them go through the sort of internal struggle and, and yes, low self-worth can, can often be um, as, as a symptom of, of that happening to you. And yeah, the, a, a lot of characters in the film, like self, self-loathing is definitely a, a theme in, in this movie. I, it's funny. I didn't even really think about it until I think we were on like week three with Ben. <laughs> and we were discussing something. I, I remember having a moment where I was like, "You've written a movie about self-loathing." Because <laughs> um, it's a, it's a theme that like hasn't really come up in interviews at all. You're the first person to sort of bring that up. Yeah, that's um, I, I've certainly witnessed that uh, uh, be an aspect of, of, of you know insecurity and in your in your own identity. A hundred percent. I've certainly experienced that myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you're a teenager, you experience it to a heightened degree, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I'm also wondering, I love to ask people this question about what they learn about themselves as an artist or as a creative person. And then also, as much as people are comfortable with, what you learn about yourself, um, what you learn about yourself through doing this project. Myself as an artist, I really, <laughs> I really love independent films mainly because because I like my I like getting up and knowing that I'm going to work all day. I uh, I don't do well when my mind isn't occupied. Actually, I do very poorly when my my mind and my body are not occupied. So so I you know I worked every day on this job and um, it was the best time I've had in a, in a while. So so. I learned that about me as a, as a professional, I guess. Personally, um, I think I started to think more deeply about when, when, and when we don't extend grace. Yeah. Period. 
No, I love that when and when we don't extend grace, because I think that really applies so much in this movie and especially with the character of Carl and also with your mom and everything, um, you know, with what you learn later, which, of course, we won't say. But I think that's that's great. That's great. The, The grace part of it. And then I'm wondering, is there anything you're hoping the viewer takes away from the film? Um, I the, the beautiful thing about the movie is I don't think it it comes down hard on any one side. Um, it's a bit open ended. Um, so if anything, I'm just hoping people maybe like have some interesting discussions. Maybe <laughs> maybe call their parents. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Or, or don't, you know, again, that's, that's one of the beauties of the film or, or don't do that. You know, I, <laughs> I think every, everyone who watches this will maybe be triggered or, you know, respond in a different way. Um, yeah. yeah. And that is the beautiful thing about it is how open ended it is. And you can take away your own meaning from it and your own lesson from it for sure. Yes. Yes. So. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, and really, congratulations on this movie. At your performance, like I said, is really incredible. Um, and to carry a film like this, too, is such a, a big task, I'm sure. So um, so thank you so much for taking the time to speak about it and for doing the movie. So, Thanks, Aaron. That means a lot. Hi, Devin. Hey, how are Hi. you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing very well. I really, really enjoyed this movie and your performance was incredible. So just Thank you. I appreciate hats off. You're, you're my, you're my uh, first female uh, uh, reporter now. And I, I really would love to hear that take on the whole, you know, yeah, the whole definitely. ending, I suppose. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And I can definitely share that with you. I don't want to, of course, spoil yeah, yeah, it no, for without, without spoiling it, obviously. Yes. Yes. No, it was very interesting because I think like the biggest theme to me in this movie yeah. um, is redemption and forgiveness. Yeah. And Carl, I think, you know, seems to be kind of walking that path before Alex, but not so much, even though he stopped drinking. I feel like, and I don't know if you agree with this, Devin, that once Alex comes into his life, even though she represents this huge, horrible thing he did. Yes. Do you think that once he finally opens up to her, that she represents for him his true path to redemption and forgiveness? Well, here's the thing. When I first read the script, you know, you read it and you're reading all these things, these beautiful things of this this daughter who, and I didn't know, I didn't know what would and 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 they're building this relationship. Why doesn't he want her in his life? And what is wrong with her? And and you know, and they're starting to open up to each other. And all of a sudden, it's becoming more of a father and daughter thing. And and then that ending happens. And then I initially thought, oh shit, I, I can't. Excuse me, I, I can't. I can't do this. this. I mean, is there is there really any coming back from that? Is that is there? I mean, what are audiences going to think? Is a redemption from that particular thing? And then I thought that that. Well, th- that's that's why I need to do this is because it's going to open a conversation. It's going to open. Um, people are going to talk about that. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. I feel up until she, this kid comes into his life, he's been kind of running from from the past, and he's been, you know, he, of course, he's he got sober and he's he's found God and he's 
you know, change. He's, he's living day by day and he's trying to become a better man, but, but he hasn't confronted that particular thing yet. And so it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, it was tricky. I, you know, I will say watching it, you know, that was a shock. That was an absolute, that was not what I was at all expecting. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So that was, and it is an interesting thing also, I think, because I think, you know, without giving away too much, I think we like to paint in our minds a picture of people who do certain things behaving a certain way. And Mm. so the fact that Carl seems so sincere and honest and nice and kind, it makes it um, all the more real, honestly, that that it would turn out what he did, if that makes sense. I agree with you 100%. I, I love that we did this film. I, I love that everybody, uh, everybody involved was so passionate about it. And, and um, yeah, it was very, it's, it's an important film to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. So, uh, Thank you. and I, you're welcome. And I know uh, since it's an indie film, I'm sure you didn't have much time to prep or do any kind of rehearsals really. Was there any of that or. No, unfortunately, a film like this is really hard to make um, unless you've got a you know bunch of zombies walking around or you've got like you know Mel Gibson for a day. It's really <laughs> hard to make these beautiful films, um, and and uh, so it came together very quickly. We didn't have a lot of time. There was no money. It was, but what made this film so great is that everybody, everybody on the crew and everybody on the cast was there for the same reason, and that was to make a good film first. That was the first first reason we were there and um you know i did another film called hunter hunter which was the same kind of thing it's everybody everybody all the cast all the crew we were all there for the same very reason and that was to put the best we could put onto that onto that screen and um so then this is what we get yeah and with films like this with smaller independent films that are also telling these very very important stories i think that's the other i'm sure reason you were drawn to it and other people are drawn to watching them is watching stories where they can see themselves as well and their own yeah. life struggles. So, yeah. And we got incredibly lucky with Emma. Um, it, it could have gone this is, I, I didn't know much about her. I, I was told about her and I was told to trust the process and, and she's good. And, and, but it could have gone two different ways. We could have gotten one of these, you know, young actors that come from whatever TV show, whatever, and that didn't have, you know, played it too smiley or, you know, mm-hmm. pretty or whatever it is. She just, she's just so real and grounded and, and uh, she's a talent and she really brought, uh, she really brought it all together, you know? So. Yeah. She was fantastic too. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely blown away by her. So yeah, definitely one that I can see just, uh, I can't wait to watch the rest of her work too. And she's going to have a career. Well. It's going to be in 10 years. I'm going to be like, Oh wow. Like look at, look at her just. Yeah doing the greatest things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, it struck me um, because Carl, of course you learn beat up Brandon, who was the son of the sheriff and horribly injured him. And Carl says he did it because he didn't like the way Brandon was talking to um, a woman. And do you think there was a part of Carl that beat up Brandon because he saw a bit of himself in Brandon? I think yes. Um, I also think Carl had an anger issue and was was um, needed to control. He had a lot of issues. I'm sure he came from you know some stuff in the past and whatnot, and he just had a lot of stuff to to deal with. And and, and um, yeah, that's kind of 
It's kind yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, he definitely had an anger issue. And that kind of comes out a little bit with, uh, with Emma's character, with Alex, is that anger and that, that uh, not, not thinking before he does things. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, just reacting in the moment and then reacting. later on. Yeah, exactly. The, that regret. Um, and also, I think the relationship between your character and um, Sarah, your cousin, right. is really interesting because I think for her, taking you in is like, because she doesn't have, she's not married, she doesn't have kids, is like her way to connect to family. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Carl wanted to be with Sarah? Uh, he needed to be, he needed somebody. He, he's, um, you know, his father is, is uh, that's the way he was raised, that father, the drunk in the, in the trailer. And, and uh, that's kind of where a lot of it comes from, the anger and, and whatnot. She took him in uh, and uh, he trusted it. It was, family, it was the only family he had left and, and it's starting to work out. So it's kind of like, that's his escape is, is through her and, 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 um, and he's building a, a better life that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to know, I always like to ask all artists this. I think every project you do, you can learn something new about yourself and maybe even your process. So what did you learn about yourself as an actor? And then maybe even personally, if you feel comfortable sharing. As an actor, it's always nice to work with uh, younger actors because it reminds me of um, the fearlessness I used to have. And then I'm trying to get back all the time as I get older. I look at Emma and I'm reminded of when I did movies like SLC Punk or Idle Hands or, you know, the Stan video or any of these things where I didn't care about what was going on around me. I was so just in the moment and, and being fearless of, of this is the way I'm going to play it. And this is the, this is my take on it. And this is how I want to do it. And Emma, Emma was doing that with that character. She was, that was her take. She was owning it. She felt comfortable in it. And it reminded me to find that fearlessness. You know, as I get older, you kind of like, I remember doing my audition for idle hands and I walked into Sony and I threw myself over a table using my hand. And I thought there's no way in hell I would do that anymore. Like I wouldn't do stuff like that. That was the fearlessness that I had at that young age. And um, not that anybody at my age should be throwing themselves over our tables with hands, <laughs> but just that, that like just the ability to try things and not worry about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I learned that by working with Emma. And I, I, I see that in some of the Chucky actors that I work with is the younger kids too, is that, that fear that, that, that I don't give a shit fear, fearlessness mm-hmm. in acting that you gotta, you gotta maintain that imagining that, that, so if that makes any sense, I saw that in him a lot. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think also that fearlessness can also manifest in other ways too, I'm sure in, in your own life too, because I do find, yeah, once you get older, it's like that taking those leaps of faith and then also just taking those leaps of being like, I'm going to do this no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to let anyone stand in my way. It gets harder the older you get. So, yeah, you, you just, you, you, a lot of, you start thinking about the consequences of things more. Like, I, I can't, I don't know if I should do that because of that might happen, that might happen, that might happen instead of just, you know, just throwing yourself out there on that, on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, then, and lastly, I just want to know what do you think the title, Who Are You People, means? What does it mean to you, I guess? It means to me that she doesn't really know. She 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 is not these people. She thinks she knows. She doesn't really know, and so she's trying to figure out, you know, what's behind all these 
these faces, you know, who she thought she knew for all these years. So that's what it meant to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I definitely see that. Well, thank you so much. And I do want to say with that, with the little surprise there about what Carl did and everything. um, Yeah, it was very, very shocking at first, but I do want to say from a personal standpoint and from my own life experiences, it was kind of therapeutic in a way um, to have a character like that who was presented as normal because most of those men are normal (laughs) appearing. So so yeah. thank you for that. And thank you for, um, I, you know, I'm sure it's a risk to take on a character. It like is. That and we're going to, gonna, so. we're going to see what, uh, what the conversations are when, when, um, when, when it comes out, you know, and especially that last phone call that I have with, uh, with Alex is kind of, yeah. and it drops off and it's kind of like, well, what happens next? Well, what do you think? What, what is your opinion? What is everybody's opinion on what should she, you know, should he, should they, should, you know, yeah. My it? initial one is hang up <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. That's, that's right. My, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is, I like that it left it hanging because it does leave it up to you to figure out, well, should she do that? Should she not? Should she, you know, yeah. because it is should her journey. Be. It's about her. So yeah. 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 That's the conversation. What should she do now? Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Devin. And I really did enjoy this. And thank you for your performance. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm very, very happy to be able to talk to you. I love this movie. And so I'm honored to be able to talk to so many people involved in it. So thank you so much for taking the time. All right. Thank you. I I love the movie too. I'm I'm very excited and, and grateful that I was able to be a part of it. Yeah. And um, what was it about the script or the story that drew you in? Just the, the, the story overall, I've done, uh, I've been in television for over 40 years. And to do an independent character film of this nature, I looked at uh, some of Ben's work and this was his directorial debut, and I just knew it would be a different, very different than anything that I had done before and something that I would be grateful to have been a part of. And uh, and so it, it all worked out together. But uh, I think the, the role the character played, but just the whole story and the complexity of the story was something that I, I couldn't predict where it was going or where I thought it was going. It wasn't going. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a great film. Yeah. And, and your character um, who's the sheriff and Reggie um, and his son, Brandon was beat up by Carl and severely injured. And so I think this film deals a lot with forgiveness and redemption Mm-hmm. And definitely your character, because you're trying to warn Alex away from Hank, from being around Carl. And so do you think your character is also struggling with or wants to forgive Carl at all or is trying to go on that path? No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and, and and so I I I think that he's he's trying to get him. He's waiting for him to screw up and so he can sort of get revenge. I think that's, that's, he's, he's watching him waiting for a mistake and thinks that his daughter might 
that something wrong there might give him that opportunity to really for some payback. And so speaking of that, then it's almost like um, it's kind of an obsession in a way for, for Reggie, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And do you think any part of that is because we always, you know, I mean, your character being a parent, there might be even some self-blame, even though that's not at all warranted. But do you think any of that comes from any kind of self-blame or anything like that? Yeah, I think um, that's, so I'm, I'm trying to think of how much I could say or, or, or I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's something in that the complexity of the character is there is self-blame, but he doesn't want to blame himself. He wants to be like, what happened? It's his fault. And 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 there's there were some things that that didn't make it in the film, and it, it wasn't overt at the time. Even that we shot it, we shot it in early 2020. And so that was pre-COVID. There was a lot of kind of um, Black Lives Matter stuff, all that we shot up in Portland area where there was, you know, a lot had happened there. So I think that there, for me in reading the script, there is that with the character where it's like, okay, not wanting to accept or struggling with that. There's parts where he's like, dang, I screwed up, but I don't have, no, it's not me, it's him. Mm -hmm. It's not my, if he hadn't done this, but yeah, my, yeah, he, my son is at fault, but no, it's him. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he, he keeps trying to find, and, and there were moments of within the script where he really was kind of more obsessive about trying to figure out what's going on with his character and his daughter, you know, Devin's character and him and what is behind all that. But I think part of the seeing Devin's character as a father impacts him. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that definitely makes sense because that's got to bring up a whole, other level of anger and hurt there. Yeah. 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 Maybe seeing like, you know, that chance that maybe he's getting that maybe you wouldn't get, or the chance that even his daughter is getting, not saying that the character that Reggie is at all angry at the daughter, but just having, I don't know, different chances. Do you see that too then? Yeah. There's, there's, um, and, and I say seeing him as a father, or their relationship kind of in a more compassionate way or, or bringing out um, a different, because the, that he was a father wasn't known to Devin's character, wasn't known to anybody. He's just, he's just this not good person. And, and so it allows him to see there was some history to him that I didn't know before before my interact his interaction with me and with my son and whatever. There's this whole other life, and you know, there's he's not a great person. His dad isn't a great person. You know, they they, they they're the problems. Yeah, yeah, and then not wanting to see any kind of compassionate side 
you know, your, your character definitely doesn't want to see any kind of compassion from Carl because, um, and I don't know if you agree with this, it's almost like it's not, he doesn't deserve it. He's, it's not warranted. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and so he's, he's looking for, I think kind of a, and that's sort of the, the, the balance wanting, wanting the revenge, but giving his position sort of trying to find a legal way to get something on him and, and put him. So there's, there's all that refusal complexity, I guess I'll say to, to what's going on there. And I think, I think all the characters kind of have a different, turn on who he is and who they are and uh and there's there's something about him and his relationship with his daughter that makes everybody see themselves differently that force the circumstance forces these people together and forces them to see themselves differently and act differently than they thought they might have yeah and then I'm wondering, with working on an independent film, of course, you're not going to have as much time to really do rehearsals or anything like that. But was there anything that you did on your own time or even with Devin or any of the other actors that you worked alongside, Emma or anyone, to prepare or to give any kind of backstory as well to your character? So it's funny that you say that. So I'm I'm coming from television as opposed to studio films. So to me, this is like a lot of time. I'm, 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 I'm working on it. Was working on a show where we're we're shooting a season in like two weeks, twenty two episodes in like two weeks with Tyler Perry. So so now instead of twenty two hours in two weeks, you're shooting two hours or you know less than that in six five weeks, six weeks. So so to me, it was a pleasure to have time to to talk with. Then the director, writer, director, you know, what is, you know, what is this moment? Do you see, can we try this? Can we work? Cause you know, before we sometimes two takes, you know, one, two takes and we're moving and going here, there's, there's time to really work out moments uh, on the set, figure out relationships. My, uh, I, I shared the first day was rainy. It was a night that, the stuff that happens near the end of the film was actually what I shot first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but being in the car with Emma while we're waiting for it to stop raining or whatever and talking, I think that helped build some relationship with her that impacted how we interacted on set. You know, you read through and you have a, a sense of what they're going to what you think your relationship will be or your response will be to the people, but the way they play it, the way they, they read the lines, the, um, there was something about the way that even Devin played certain things that I thought would kind of be more, uh, contra, um, more conflict that he respected Reggie's authority in a way that I didn't know just the way that he played kind of made it harder for for me. (laughs) And those are moments that you don't find until you're on set. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and you see, so there's a certain amount where you prepare in your head, you know, I guess you learn your lines, but then you have to be open to what happens in the moment on the set. And be prepared for those moments that might surprise you. Yeah. 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 And then when those come, I'm, I'm guessing, um, you know, the most generous actors and open actors will be there to, you know, they know their character so well that if it's a way that you weren't expecting a reaction, you weren't expecting, you're able to kind of tailor your performance to that. Is that sort of what you experienced as well? Yeah. Yeah. That, that you come and, and for, for everyone else, obviously I've, I'm not in their head beforehand, so I don't know what they had planned, if you will. But it's it's very much that when you see who the person is and everything about the person, their their age, their height, their tone of voice, that all plays in how you're reacting in the moment. The blocking, how close the director has you, how far apart you are whether I'm in their space or they're in my space and and what that actually feels like, um, what you do to provoke sort of a response and whether or not they pick up on it and respond, mm-hmm. you know? So all of, all of that plays um, through and, and it's, it's great when you have, when you're working, when you say generous actors, are actors who don't try and control your response. They play off of what your response is as opposed to saying, no, you're supposed to do the, and, 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 and in the past, I have to say, I've been one of those bad actors. It's, it's kind of, <laughs> oh, I thought, no, wait, 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 aren't you good? <laughs> and so it, it was really great to, to, to work with some very talented, uh, talented, talented, talented actors. Yeah, the cast is is phenomenal in this. All of you are so so great, and you know it is that feeling of that you're coming, and this is a compliment coming in the middle of a story, almost like you're picking up and you know like a book and reading in the middle of a book of someone's life. And I and I think that's that's such a good thing to do because I you know that's such a amazing thing to do. I think that's probably really hard to be able to just you know be like I'm gonna pick up this character's life right in like the middle of his journey after he's endured some horrible things as well. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cause there is a lot of history that the audience doesn't see, but mm-hmm. kind of comes out in the story. And I think that's, what's, what's great about this script. And, and it's something that, Ben had been working on for a very long time, I think in the neighborhood of 15 years or something like that. So he had an opportunity to tweak it and I think pick his moments. And I think that's what makes the characters so rich. There's, um, there was something that happened and I, and I, and I won't say the specific moment because sometimes that ruins it. But I, the first time I saw it was at the Mammoth Film Festival. And somebody commented on a scene that they thought was ad-libbed. And, and they were like, no, every line of that was scripted. And so it's not only the scripting of it, but the talent of the actors 
to read that scripted dialogue in a way that seems like it's ad lib, you know, that they that they're just coming up and it's so the dialogue is written so natural, the performances are so natural that 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 that's what allows it all it all just came together in a, in a very beautiful way. Yeah, that's beautifully put too. Yeah, when you, it does feel like it had to be ad libbed, that couldn't naturally be written right. there. So that that is such a great compliment to everybody, the whole process, the directing too. So yeah. yeah. And then I always love asking people this, and I know you have been in the business for quite a while, but I do think, you know, whenever you're taking on a new project, or at least, you know, I think you can learn something about yourself, of course, as a creative person, as an artist. So was there anything in the process of making this film that changed you as an artist or that made you grow in a certain way as an artist? So when I started acting, I wanted to be an action hero. My big break was Knight Rider. And that was that was like, for me, that's what I wanted to do, like action adventure kind of stuff. And this is a very thoughtful, complex character kind of film. So I I think it um and and more and more lately, as you as you say, artists, I I what I say, I'm a working actor. I'm a working actor. And more and more, I'm like, I want to be an artist. I want to, you know, television, I think, allows you to make a living and be a working actor. But a film, and especially a film like this, is more about art. It's, it's more about the characters and the, and the interaction. And, and there's just more nuance to it. And and it makes me want to do more of this kind of work, um, as as opposed to my in my earlier days more physical yeah. kind of quippy kind of you know I I used to joke and say I wanted to be like the Black Schwarzenegger you know <laughs> <laughs> doing stuff where where you know it's like there's and I think. We're in a time where we need more films like this that um, just what it says and 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 sort of not there there are characters that you think are about one thing and you realize no there there's not nobody in this movie is a stereotype you know and and I like I love that about this movie, yeah, yeah, beautifully put, yeah, I love that yeah I love character driven films. Period. So those are some of my favorite ones when you do get to know so many richly developed and richly performed and written characters. So, yeah, love that. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for talking with me. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. And once again, great job on the film. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Ben, Emma, Devin, and Peter for sitting down and speaking with us about your fantastic new film, who are you people? So please go and check that out. It will be available on February 24th. There is a link in the show notes of where you can go and you can pre-order it, but I definitely, definitely recommend seeing this movie. And be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod 
on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us at itsafandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there and that will shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.